Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather to worship Almighty God. The liturgy, music, and homily this Lord's Day are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved, we begin each hour of worship receiving the pardon, grace, mercy, love, and peace of God. We begin with a moment of confession to recognize that in the days to come, we may need to draw on that heavenly storehouse of grace. When we choose, need to choose, to give another the benefit of the doubt, to lean in, to lean forward, to remember the tie goes to the runner, to give another what we have received, the benefit of the doubt. As the choir sings, may we pray silently. for thy grace we would not be, but for thy grace we could not love, but for thy grace we should not speak, but by thy grace we live and love and speak. Hear good news, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the prophet Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, and 22 through 28. At that time, it will be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a hot wind comes from me out of the bare heights in the desert toward my poor people, not to winnow or cleanse, a wind too strong for that. Now it is I who speak in judgment against them, for my people are foolish. They do not know me. They are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil, but do not know how to do good. I looked on the earth, and lo, it was waste and void, and to the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and lo, they were quaking, and all the hills moved to and fro. I looked, and lo, there was no one at all, and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked, and lo, the fruitful land was a desert, and all its cities were laid in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be a desolation, 
yet I will not make a full end. Because of this the earth shall mourn, and the heavens above grow black. For I have spoken, I have purposed, I have not relented, nor will I turn back. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm 14 with the antiphon. There is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on humankind to see if there are any who are wise, who seek after God. They will have all gone astray. They are all alike perverse. There is no one who does good. No not one. Have they no knowledge, all the evildoers, who eat up my people as they eat bread, and do not call upon the Lord? 
There they shall be in great terror, for God is with the company of the righteous. You would confound the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that deliverance for Israel would come from Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, Jacob will rejoice, Israel will be glad. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. According to St. Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness, and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you.
seated. A long time ago, J.B. Phillips wrote a good book titled, Your God is Too Small. On another day, a sermon from St. Luke might pursue that theme, but the parables of sheep, coin, and prodigal, Luke 15, take us in the opposite direction. Sometimes our God is too large. All count, all sheep, all coins, all prodigals, all however small, all count. All listeners count. They say on the radio you should think of speaking just to one person, have one person in mind, not a blurry assembly of many. So Krista Tippett has one person in mind, say, when she interviews Imani Perry over the radio waves from Chautauqua Institution. Or the Red Sox play-by-play announcer has one fan in mind, not a township, say. Perhaps we should do sometimes the same here. After all, if we have 200 in the sanctuary and 20,000 listening from afar, that is a factor difference of 100 so. In southern New Hampshire, it may be then, a woman is listening this morning. The house is quiet. Her teenage children, one back from college, are still asleep. Her husband is golfing, probably stopping right now after the ninth hole for an early beer and a hot dog before the back nine. She is alone, though not lonely. She plunks a bagel in the toaster and sips coffee. She loves WBUR and tolerates the Sunday morning worship service. That said, she loves the music and tolerates the sermon. She loves the familiar pieces, Lead Me Lord, and the sung benediction. She thinks, I wish he would talk less so I could hear that more often Sunday by Sunday. And she tolerates new sounds. She loves the old hymns, but sometimes a new one will spark something in her, too. The house is solid. The roof is new last summer. The lawn is mowed. Her kids are grown and growing. They will take you for a ride, she thinks. She does not love her job, but who does? Her husband seems happy enough, and they, too, together. Men. She heard William Sloan Coffin say once that preachers are egotists with a theological alibi. She smiles and thinks men are egotists with a cultural alibi. Men. She chuckles. The gospel, she realizes, this Lord's Day, is about a woman cleaning a house. That sounds way too familiar. But it is good that the woman is the star. Actually, she now remembers in this Gospel of Luke, women are often set so. She mulls that for a while. In the story, the woman is hunting for a coin. She thinks about last Christmas when for neither for love nor money could she find the bracelet she wanted to wear for the company party. Then lo and behold, she found it on a snow day in February. The sermon is about finding the lost, including the outcast, hunting for the one in a hundred in real need, and how God's grace finds the lost, includes the outcast, and hunts for those in need. All count. At book club last Tuesday, they talked about politics, she remembers, as the sermon drones on. She vaguely hopes the choir will sing that walk through the valley in peace afterward. At book club, she thought about the last national election and how she voted. She is middle of the road, middle age, middle class. She had an idea about why she voted as she did, but she now has a funny feeling about that. Somebody at book club had said, I realize about that now what I meant is not what it means. I meant one thing, but it turned out to mean something else. She enjoys the bagel. The sermon meanders on. Where does he get this stuff, she wonders. Then for some reason she thinks about last February when they went to San Diego. 
they decided to go down past Chula Vista and into Tijuana. There is a piercing, sharp memory of those poor children looking into the train window, some with shoes and teeth and some not. She thinks about her two teenagers. Then her mind wanders back to her grandmother who came over from Scotland and held every penny tight as if it were a hundred dollars and counted every coin in her purse twice and waited for the sales to buy anything, not that she ever bought anything. Then she thinks about those families in the Bahamas, one blind man who had to walk out of his blown down house carrying his disabled teenage son on his shoulder like a sheep on his shoulder, right in the middle of the storm. She thinks about her two sleeping teenagers. She remembers reading in college a book by Howard Thurman, Jesus and the Disinherited. She thinks about her two teenagers and wonders what they are reading, or are they reading? Are they reading at all? The sermon ends. And later the choir sings, and come noon she walks out onto the patio thinking about the week ahead. All count, all listeners count, all words count. Last year this week we went to celebrate a wedding down near New York City. Driving home past the Long Island Sound, my wife asked, Sound? What do, why do they call it that, sound? Ah, what a word, such a dexterous monosyllable. Is your faith sound? Does it have breadth like a body of water? Is it reliable, durable, sound, rather than unsound? Does it sound right? Does it sound off? Does it make a sound as the trumpet one day shall sound? Is your faith broad, durable, audible? And your life, broad, durable, audible? Here is a question. Do you use email or voicemail, sight or sound? What is sound? And what sound do you make and hear and revere? A long time ago, my father gave me with intent and portent a book I believe titled The Mayo Brothers. He had read it and loved it. I set it aside for future reading. And fortunately, 50 years later, Ken Burns reminded me and saved me to hear the story. One of the sound features, the saving features of our shared patriotic national purple common hope is simply health at the marrow of the Gospel of Luke. Health, salvus, is a mode of salvation. If Gandhi rightly could teach that for the hungry, God must come and only as bread, then we could add with the brother's mayo that for the sick, God must come and only as health, as medicine, as doctoral care, as nursing love, as healing. We might differ a bit about delivery and cost and structure, but when you have appendicitis, you want a good surgeon. When you break your arm in a boating accident, you want a skilled orthopedic clinic nearby. When your hip is worn out and you need a new one, you want somebody who knows what they are doing. We have an easier time cutting costs on other people's medical care than we do cutting costs on our own. The place to begin thinking about medical frugalities is from your own hospital bed when your own healing, that is life, is at stake with your own family standing around in anxiety and tears. Most good thinking starts at the hospital bedside in any case, as does much good praying. We say a direct personal word this morning of blessing to those listening live right now in hospital, in nursing home, in rehabilitation, and right at home. And as Alf Landon said, I'm a liberal, but I'm not a spendthrift. Sound that. So we can still keep Ben Franklin close, a penny saved is a penny earned.
all count, all words, even those with single syllables and many meanings, all count. All losses count. Today's parable is about loss. Think for a moment about loss, about the loss of love, say, or about falling out of love. Sometimes we fall out of love. Love of a job, love of a house, love of a, a vocation or an avocation, and well, other loves too. More is written in all modes about falling in love, and so it should be. But sometimes the reverse occurs. What once drew now repels, what once beckons now repulses, what once enticed now sours. Our youngest, Christopher, is an athlete. People would come to watch him at age five in children's soccer to see how many goals he could score in 10 minutes. I saw him hit the only hole in one I've ever seen live. And he played baseball, basketball, football, golf, and especially soccer. He was the captain of his team, and it was a good team. Yet I saw something remarkable in his senior year of high school. He fell out of love with soccer, his favorite sport. I watched him game after game becoming more and more listless, less and less engaged, no longer seeing the field, no longer leading the squad, content to play his position and finish the game. His talent was the same, his ability was the same, his condition and capability the same. He just no longer loved the game after 12 years of loving it so. He really could give no explanation, though he did try and I did pry. His heart just was no longer in it. Have you ever fallen out of love? Academics among us might pick up again Richard Russo's novel, Straight Man, which is largely about a man who falls out of love with his work, his employer, his co-workers, with his vocation and with his parents and his children and his baseball team and with his friends and with his place in life. It is an uproariously funny novel. Yet underneath, it is a meditation on what it means to fall out of love. Sometimes something happens to somebody that steals from them a way of loving something or someone that breaks whatever energy current was running or that somehow fractures an ability to love. I have seen it, you have seen it, in life, in pastoral care, in reading, and in reflection. Sometimes you just fall out of love. Better to admit it whatever you end up doing about it. Sometimes the way out is the way through, through love lost to love found, found like a coin after cleaning and sweeping and hunting. All count, all loves count, both past and future. All souls count. The gospel comes in meager morsels, Three years of preaching, teaching, and healing, the ministry of Jesus. 27 short books and New Testament. 12 original followers, fisher folk and others, the disciples. An audacious claim, God, love, resurrection, faith, heaven, resting on a tiny patch of land, an outback area of history, a single individual, a scandalous small particularity. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yet, today, you in love may of a sudden be ready. In the small, in the heart, for a new love, a divine love, a loving life of faith. Nancy Marsh Hartman, of blessed memory, lived faith as a singing Methodist all her life, right here, and said so often, life is how you take it. 
Rudyard Kipling was once addressing students at McGill University in Montreal. The lure of having things and even the power of success all sound so good if you listen quick. Yet powerful, successful egotism is the ultimate failure. Kipling said that day in Montreal. Someday you will meet a person who cares for none of these things, and then you will know just how poor you really are. Speaking of listeners from New Haven, our dear friend Dr. Christopher Cayley sent a line from Polanus, a reformed theologian. God is able to raise up for God's self children from stones. He can establish inanimate creatures as the heralds of divine glory, such as a coin, such as a coin lost. Lost we, and then of a sudden, by dint of a still small voice, found in God, found of God, found by God. All count, all souls count all. You count, you count, you count. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Amen. to the time in our service 
when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Our God wraps us round in love and embraces us with mercy. There is nothing we need hide. Let us bring our needs and the needs of the whole human family to God's loving care, saying, Lord, hear our prayer. That the leaders of the church will be like Moses, one of their people and outspoken in their behalf. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer, that the church will spend itself in search of the loss of this world, the homeless, the addicted, the uneducated, the ill, the rejected, and that we will welcome them to our household. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer, that all who are far from home will live in safety, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those alienated from us and who stay away from this table, that they may return home and that, they, and that we may be watching to greet them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick, the aged, the lonely, and any who cannot be with us today, that they may know our kindness and God's mercy, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That peace and forgiveness will mark our lives together as families, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. God of promises, you have brought us a long way and have kept us safe in our journey to you. Hear us now and answer our prayers with delight. Teach us to run to you for all we need. We ask this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. And now with the confidence of the children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Good morning. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel on this beautiful September Sunday. Thank you for joining us as a part of our community of worship today, whether you are here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio or live stream on the internet, or later via our podcast. In a spirit of friendship, we ask those of you seated in the pews that you locate the red booklets at the end of each pew toward the center aisle and enter your name and contact information. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. Our children's education will start in full force today. For any children who want to participate, uh, please exit the service during the final hymn with Mahalia Dam. She's seated right here in the front pew. Our Bible study with Bill Kortz will begin today. This semester, the Bible study group will be reading through the book of Hebrews. Please meet at 12.30 p.m. in the Thurman Room to participate after the service. Tomorrow evening is our first meeting of Bibles and Brews, our graduate-level Bible study meeting at Fuller's BU Pub. All students over 21, faculty and staff, are welcome to attend. We will be using the Resistance Bible Study as our guide, and tomorrow's topic will be Love in Action, where we uh, will be studying passages from the Gospel of John and the Book of James. We will also have a special create space this week during which we will be making glitter jars, which can be used as a calming visual for meditation and mindfulness. Students are welcome to stop by the Thurman Room between 3 to 6 p.m. to assemble their own jar. And now with some announcements from the music department, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Good morning, everyone. I'm um, here this morning to announce the arrival of this year's Bach Experience Listener's Companion. This is the third year in a row we've published this document, which, in, which contains translations and notes to support uh, your study and experience of this year's cantata series, which begins two weeks from today, Sunday, September 29th, with cantata 41, Jesu Nunzeige Preise. And uh, this year we feature four cantatas that Bach wrote for New Year's Day. And in the course of that theology and those librettos, we learn about the old year passing and the welcoming of the new year and how the librettists found parallels with uh, the theologies around uh, law and grace, or Old and New Testament. And I'm delighted to tell you that included in this year's companion is a note about Luther's writings on law and grace from our very own Dr. Jessica Chica, in addition to resident musicologist Brett Kostrevsky's extraordinary notes on these four cantatas. These will be available in Narthex on the way out, and I encourage you to collect one and to begin your study of this year's cantatas uh, for the performances that begin in two weeks on September 29th. And my second announcement is an invitation to you to join our Thurman Choir, which is our non-auditioned, multi-generational singing experience which uh, occurs every other Sunday uh, after the service at 12.30 downstairs in the Robinson Chapel uh, for choral scholars, and many of you will join us uh, in pre preparing anthems that uh, will be featured over the course of the semester. So if, don't need to signal anything other than just show up at 12.30 downstairs in the Robinson Chapel. We'll give you some music, and we'll get going, rehearse for about an hour, and that's about it. Look forward to seeing you there, and thank you. Thank you, Scott. As part of next weekend's Alumni Weekend celebration, we invite all BU alums to attend an alumni service of remembrance next Saturday, September 21st at 10, 10 o'clock here in the nave of Marsh Chapel. For all other news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, May we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
Thank you, Lord, for everything that we have, everything that we have had, and everything that we will have. Bless these gifts and all who give. Amen. make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen.